All right, I'm here with Eric Purcell, the owner of NPR. Uh, what are your credentials? What brought you to mixed martial arts and to op opening this business? I started wrestling back in maybe like 1992, feels like 800 years ago. Um, so I started doing that um, at a high school around here in Bucks County. Uh, it was very high level wrestling here, which kind of really got me in love with uh, competing at a very high level. So did that for a long time. Um, well, through, through my high school days, I started uh, getting into Russian Sambo back in 95, as soon as I was done wrestling. Got into jiu-jitsu. I was doing black belt jiu-jitsu competitions by around 2000. Uh, became a professional, professional fighter. Um, now I'm the USA um, Sambo coach for, for combat Sambo, at least, as far as that goes. And that, and that takes you around the world, right? Around the world. Uh, we fought in places like Scotland, Bulgaria, Moscow, Sochi, uh, down in the islands, down in uh, you know, places in South America, all over the world. It's been a blast. And you have something coming up now with Sambo, correct? Uh, correct. So we've got the World Championships coming up in Uzbekistan, which we have a lot of Sambo athletes right here uh, getting ready for that on the USA team. It's going to be a blast. You're coaching a lot of athletes. The relationship between a coach and an athlete there is a little different, though, in mixed martial arts. How would you explain the difference with an athlete that you're coaching in mixed martial arts, the traveling, the relationship, the bond that's maybe not as traditional as a, mix, as, as a sport like baseball or basketball? How would you explain that? Well, in mixed martial arts or even any of these martial arts sports like combat sambo or anything like that we do, uh, we're bleeding together, we're sweating together, um, we're moving together, we're rolling together, we're training together on a daily basis. I think the bond is a lot stronger when you have guys that are putting in that kind of sacrifice with each other, whether that's wrestling or any of these uh, real combative martial arts sports. It's just a deeper bond in general. Sense. How has the growth of just mixed martial arts in general, UFC, Bellator, how does that impact your day-to-day -day business? We get a lot more interesting phone calls with people wanting to be fighters, um, for sure. It's, it really doesn't affect us too much. I mean, it is nice to see fighters getting paid more, and it's nice to see them getting more notoriety for all the hard work and sacrifices that they've made. But we've been doing this since the 2000s. So um, for us, it's a passion project. It's something that we love to do. Uh, we believe that fighting in MMA and, or combat sambo is fighting at the highest levels possible. And that's what really kind of gets us going more than the accolades or anything like that. But it is nice to see these fighters getting some respect. Now, like you said, you're a veteran. So this is a new facility here for you. I remember you were down the block there in an office building, right? Talk about the transition and what you went through, the blood, sweat, and tears, the elbow grease. Y yeah. So, you know, when you become a business owner, you put yourself in debt. And uh, you, you begin a, a, a facility or your business, and then as you start to creep out of that debt and you start to do well, you're like, yeah, hey, I'd like to put myself in more debt by go getting a larger training facility. That's what we've done here. Um, it's, been, it's been amazing, though. Um, it's been a lot of fun for our friends and family and everyone that have been coming in training to have a facility that can really hold and, and manage everything that they need. Um, as athletes to be able to have everything here from the MMA cages and, and all the mat space and uh, a fitness room, boxing ring and all of that. We just couldn't have done it in a smaller facility. So it's been very nice to, to be able to do it here. That's awesome. I remember going over there myself and taking some classes. So it's just great to see you've grown so much, Eric. Um, in terms of coaching, it takes a lot of your time. And uh, if people don't know, you're not uh, going to buy a mansion on a coach's salary. Um, it takes a lot of dedication. Um, why do you keep coaching? You're coaching Sambo athletes. You're coaching mixed martial artists like Patrick Sabatini. What drives you to do that when you have a family, when you have a business? What's the motivation? I just love to do it. Uh, it's a situation where I decided to get into like professional fighting 
uh, a very long time ago. And I did it not for the money. I did it really for the love of the sport. And it's something that we love to do. Uh, we really believe in this. Uh, we believe in it not even for our fighters, but even uh, just the general population that comes in to learn these things. I mean, the self-defense that you learn, um, the confidence that is built through these programs, whether you're making money at it or not, it's just a great place to be. You're surrounded by like-minded individuals that are looking to, you know, really make positive changes in their lives. And it's just a great place to be. I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, on that note, what are the youngest athletes that you have coming in here and training? How old are these, the youngest ones? I've seen some small kids in yeah, here. Yeah, some of them four to five years old. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing. These kids get in and get after. A lot of our trophies and a lot of things that you'll see around this gym are actually from our kids' teams. Um, these kids get in and, yeah, they, they, they wreck shop, man. They have, they, they're a blast to watch. And they're, they're so much fun to be with on the mats as well, too. They're just the kids keep you young in this sport. They really do. And, you know, I got to mention the wrestling program, uh, Coach Connor. Uh, he does an amazing job. You have a wrestling program in here. Just, just please talk about it off the cuff because it's something serious. I would say easily one of the most successful things that we've done out of this gym has been through Chucky e. Connor and the wrestling program. Uh, in a very short time, uh, the, the level of wrestlers that we have coming out of here, graduating from high school, going off to top-tier Division I colleges, um, or even, you know, Division Two and, and, and all of that under the sun. It's been absolutely amazing. The the wrestlers that we have in here on a weekly basis, we have guys that are ranked in the, in the country in here just just training and uh, getting after it. It's just the, the level and, and, and what he's been able to achieve with his coaching staff is just it's, – it's, it's just been absolutely amazing to watch since day one. Him. When you're training an athlete for an upcoming fight, um, do you watch film? You know, it's a big question, especially for the gamblers out there. They want to know, like, do they do film study? Um, do you want your athlete doing film study? Or do you have some athletes who it would hurt them to do film study? Maybe they might get tendencies that would distract them. You know, what is sort of your agenda? What's your formula for even for someone like Pat Sabatini? What's sort of your agenda? I study, I study film nonstop. Um, I study film on the, the people that he's fighting. I study film on the, the person that he's fighting and who they fought. Um, I break down the footage. Um, I basically transcribe fights as well. So, um, oh, right, right cross to a left kick. There's a break in the action. I watch that. I look for patterns. I study a ton of film. I don't care if the fighter studies film or not. We do happen to, we will do walkthroughs as far as watching some parts of video so they see exactly what I'm talking about through certain stages of the fight. So it's my job to really watch all the video. It is their job just to make sure they digest what I'm saying. So we'll, um, I'll look at all the footage constantly throughout the, the fight camp. And while I'm doing that, we'll have the study sessions um, at some practices and some points to make sure we're reviewing the footage together to make sure we're on the same page as far as understanding exactly what's happening. Excellent, excellent. Do you see the UFC adopting, or not just UFC, mixed martial arts adopting any new rule changes? Um, maybe the gloves to limit the eye pokes. Um, there's that front kick to the, to the knee that's been now recent controversy. Um, the sport is still in its infant stages, but do you see any changes coming? Maybe scoring changes, maybe a live scoring system so we know where we're at between round one and two and vice versa. What are your opinions on this? As far as the eye pokes go, I don't know if that's something you could really do too much about. I think that um, they are doing uh, and making a concerted effort to warn fighters throughout the fights. I think the referees do a really good job of that. Uh, you still hate to see the eye pokes. I would like to see that front oblique kick taken off and made illegal. Uh, the problem with that kick is, you know, and once again, it's a very controversial kick. 
but just the amount of force you can generate down on someone's knee. It's not like they have time to tap or anything like that. And you're talking permanent damage where they might not be able to fight again. Um, I'm not a fan of that kick, and uh, I would like to see that kick next. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, you go in there and you make it injured at some point, but that's an injury that's going to require some surgery. It's going to require a long recovery time. And guys are trying that in practice. You know, not in here. You know, um, we, we make sure that when people are sparring, that kick is done. Either we show it or we don't even connect with it. But I know that there are gyms across the United States when people saw Khalil Roundtree throw that, that kick to the knee in the UFC um, maybe a month or two ago. I know they were in gyms, and you've got a bunch of amateurs and professionals looking to land that kick, and they're ruining careers. You know, it's just, it's, it's, I don't like to see it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. In terms of your, your fight schedule for someone that's going up for a mixed martial arts fight, how do you break up their kickboxing schedule, their wrestling schedule, their BJJ time, um, their striking? How does that work? Is it different for each fighter? Does it depend on their, on their tendencies or their strengths? How would you break that up? It is different for each fighter. It depends on what kind of work schedule they have, what kind of prior requirements they already have. Um, in respect to that, so what we try to do is we manage each fighter schedule differently. Uh, we have uh, many different coaches here to hold mitts and, and work with fighters individually as well to make sure that we are filling in the gaps uh, from from their classes or, or whatever they're doing here. So if they're coming in and taking jiu-jitsu or they're coming in and taking MMA, whatever classes they're taking here, we make sure we get them on the side, we're rolling with them, we're moving with them. That way we can feel um, the great things they're doing that we can build off of or we can fill any holes that we can start to attack as well. So, so Pat Sabatini not only trains here, he coaches here. What is it like for you for having Coach Sabatini? What does he bring to the gym what does he bring to the culture of this gym? You know, um, obviously there's a personal relationship, but he's not just an athlete here. He's also Coach Sabatini. Talk about that. He's one of those guys, if you know Pat, he's just super down to earth. He's just an amazing guy. Uh, but on top of that, he's a fantastic athlete and competitor. He's a silver medalist at the World Cup in Combat Sambo. He's a President's Cup winner. He's a Pan Am Jiu-Jitsu champion over guys like Gianni Grippo. He's a CFFC champion. Uh, he's a D1 wrestler at Ryder. He literally brings so much to the table that when he coaches and he's out there speaking, people listen. And uh, he likes to have fun when he's out there too. So he's a, he's a kind of a prankster. He likes to tell jokes and laugh. And we have a good time. It's just great chemistry here. And, and people really love being around him. So, Eric, so upcoming in December, Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier, they're coming up. Any thoughts on that fight? What do you think? Charles Oliveira is, is pretty amazing at this stage. He's really hit a level of, of being very hard to deal with. Obviously, he's one of those guys you can't just take him down and put him on his back. He's one of the few guys that is le legitimately dangerous off of his back. Um, I think it would be Dustin's best idea to use his boxing and keep it in tight. And I would kind of keep him on the inside and and try to try to outbox him and not stay at range where you're eating those long kicks. It'll be a great fight. I really do like both fighters, so I'm not trying to just take the political way out of this. Um, I wouldn't be upset to see either one of them win, but I am a big Dustin fan as well, so I, I guess I'd have to pull for him a little bit, but it's anyone's fight, really. Great, great. One more fight on that card is Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal. Any thoughts on that? I love Jorge. And Leon's, Leon's a bad dude on top of it as well. I would say that Leon is probably a little more technical in certain certain areas. So as long as he kind of maintains that, you know, that technicality throughout the fight, I think that he can start to to take advantage of Jorge and and 
and, and win. Partners, you guys are going to Vegas here in uh, what, about a week and a half, two weeks. You want to talk about this upcoming trip for you and Pat? Yeah, so uh, we're getting ready to leave. Uh, Pat's fight is November 20th in, in Las Vegas. So in preparation of that, we are finishing off the, the last bit of the weight cuts and, and going through the motions as far as that goes, just fine-tuning any areas that we still need to work on. Um, as finishing up the weight cut, we'll travel out, I believe, uh, on the Tuesday morning before the fight. We'll get to Vegas, and then we'll be training that night. And usually we do tra two training sessions a day. Uh, even throughout his weight cut, uh, we had a very good cut last time, so we didn't have to train as much the day of the weight cut. But we always do shakeouts, and then usually we'll do uh, five to seven rounds a day of the fight as well. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get after it. Take us behind the curtain. When you're going to Vegas, are there pre-testing protocols before you leave? Um, how often are you tested there? Are you quarantining there? Um, is it like a prison? You know, tell us what it's like behind the curtain. So I really have to applaud the way the UFC handles all of this and Dana White. Um, it's, it, they do an amazing job with all of the COVID protocols and things that we have to do. So I'll actually get a COVID test in the mail uh, probably tomorrow. And I'll do a Zoom call Wednesday with all the fighters and where we have to insert Q-tips up our nose. And we do a live Zoom uh, COVID test. Yeah, so last time I did when I had Rose and everyone, yeah, we were all, you know, jamming Q-tips up our nose at the same time on a Zoom call. It was pretty funny. But um, so then we'll send that back right away. And, you know, hopefully that comes up negative, of course. So we fly out to Vegas. We'll get out there Tuesday. The first thing we do, UFC picks you up. We go take another COVID test at their Marriott. They have an entire facility that's secured off. Uh, so no one gets in or no one gets out. We're not allowed to leave. So we get quarantined. For, for about an hour or two until our COVID test comes back. Then they take us out to the supermarket, let us get our, our groceries. Then we'll take another two COVID tests while we're there. Um, and the Friday before the fight will be the last COVID test. So we get COVID tested, you know, really three or four times in, during these events. So That's awesome. You mentioned the event with Usman versus uh, Masvidal because you guys were there. And that was Sabatini's first UFC fight. I, the, just a question, what was that like, dude? That was one of the most electric, electrifying things I've ever been a part of. Um, there's video of me kind of coming out of the tunnel. I felt like I was ready to fight. I was just, I was so hyped up. It was amazing. It was the first fight card uh, or it was the first indoor sporting event that actually had fans in attendance since COVID. So, uh, and of course it would be the UFC to lead that off. Like I said, Dana White is just, does an amazing job with the fighters, with everyone. Um, and it was just something I'll never forget. And for Pat to get the win out there and, and to not be heard or anything afterwards, it was just an amazing time. Absolutely amazing. So uh, I'll give you a chance here to talk about your partners, your sponsors, any shout-outs to any athletes. Um, anybody you want to talk about, uh, it, it's your opportunity to give us some love. Anybody who advertises for the gym, anyone who helps you out here. Go ahead, Eric. Well, I honestly, we have so many people that we've kind of – you know that, that help us out on a day-to-day -day basis here uh first and foremost obviously uh we've got some great coaches and everyone i'd like to kind of pay a little homage to right now um but our our sambo coaches that are getting ready to leave for the world championships mikhail kozitsky bob clark they do an amazing job with our team in preparation to getting everyone ready for the world championships in uzbekistan i can't say enough great things about these guys we're getting ready for an awesome sambo practice right now you see some very high-level stuff, master of sports. These guys are just absolutely amazing at USA Sambo. And USA Sambo is the governing body for, for Sambo in the United States. And uh, to have all these international guys here, and we're really pushing the sport of Sambo. And uh, Sambo, for budding MMA athletes, 
is an amazing way to get extra fights. So for any amateur MMA fighters, Combat Sambo is a way just to, to not you know pad your record, but to get a lot of experience fighting when you're in there with a different pace. Uh, so these guys are amazing. You can check us out also too. We've got a couple new channels on Rumble. Um, it's called The Victory Project. So TVP, Sambo, TVP, Tactical, TVP, MMA. We've got a lot of great video content going up on there. And then also you can check me out um, on Instagram at Eric, E-R-I-K underscore Purcell, P-U-R-C-E-L-L. -L. All my gym stuff's on there, but we've got eBooks coming out. We've got a lot of great video content for MMA guys and Sambo guys alike. And for all my uh, tactical gun, gun nerds out there with me as well too, a lot of fun stuff. Thank you so much for your time, Eric. You got a wonderful facility here. You got a great thing going. Um, we'll, we'll stay here to check out some of this practice as well. So thank you so much for having us. Hey, my pleasure. Hey, thanks a lot for having me as well. And, uh, you know, congratulations on your success with everything. So hopefully uh, we'll get a couple of these in. Thanks a lot, Eric. Appreciate it, buddy. Pleasure.